Welcome to the Veterans Access Podcast, where it's our mission to catalyze VA engagement to support families and bring veterans all the way home. The Veterans Access Podcast assists veterans navigating the VA system with detailed guidance in order to obtain the benefits that you've earned. After two decades of war, our veterans and their families are challenged by an unprecedented strain on their mental, emotional, and physical health. And the VA is struggling to keep up with the demand for claims processing. So the UDT SEAL Association has sponsored this educational program to help you successfully engage at every step in your journey through the VA system. Our first series, The SEAL Advocate, Guiding Veterans to Their VA Benefits, was produced by Dr. Jeff Jennis, who is a former Navy SEAL officer and VA Raider, the Director of Outreach and Education, and a VSO for the UDT SEAL Association, as well as a chiropractic physician and acupuncturist. And it's also co-produced by me. My name is Stacey Whitcomb. I am a podcast producer, civilian, and acupuncturist who treats individuals recovering from service-acquired injuries, illnesses, and trauma in a highly specialized clinic that serves emergency responders. I want to share with you a few extremely important details before we launch into this episode. First of all, we will be talking a lot about the workbook, forms, VSO organizations, and other references. Those all can be found in the show notes or at veteransaccessproject.org. Again, that's veteransaccessproject.org. I also feel that it's really important to mention that if you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please connect with the Veterans Crisis Line. There are qualified and caring responders that are available for confidential help, and many of them are veterans themselves. This service is private, free, and available 24-7. You can connect by calling 988 and selecting number one, or you can text 838-255. Lastly, I want to give my own personal heartfelt gratitude and personal thanks to you for your service. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made for protecting us and defending our rights and for all of the burdens that you've carried. Now, on with the episode. Hey veterans, are you struggling with getting disability compensation? Don't know if you even should try because you're not sure if you qualify? Maybe you've filed claims and they keep getting rejected or are incomplete and it's taking so long. Not sure where to get help? Did you know that you can actually get help for free? Or maybe you're struggling emotionally. You know you deserve some form of compensation for being injured or acquiring an illness while in active duty, but claiming disability feels a little disempowering. In today's episode, my friend Jeff Jennis, who is a former Navy SEAL officer, director of outreach and education and veteran service officer with the UDT SEAL Association, a former VA Raider, chiropractor, and acupuncturist, is going to share with us why it's so challenging to get through the system and receive benefits. In this first episode, Jeff shares how to make sure your claim goes through the first time by using a veteran service officer. He'll also give a brief history of how these benefits came to be. And we'll also cover the difference between VA disability compensation and Social Security disability payments. We explore exactly how the VA determines compensation using a rating scale. And lastly, we touch on other compensation benefits for service-connected disabilities, which don't just benefit the veteran. They also acknowledge the sacrifices made by veterans' families. So in case you guys skipped the trailer episode... My name is Stacy Whitcomb. I'm a licensed acupuncturist, civilian, and I produce all aspects of my own podcast where I help other practitioners transition from school to career. But 
Today, I'm here with my friend Jeff to help you in navigating the VA system with regards to claiming disability compensation. So, hey, Jeff, thanks for being the catalyst for this podcast series. Well, thank you, Stacy. That uh, intro was so incredible that I feel like you should be teaching it. I think that you sounded like you knew every aspect of this entire system. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, only because you've taught me. Why don't you introduce yourself briefly and then tell the audience, tell our listeners what prompted you to start this, to get us in gear and start this podcast? Sure. I'm happy to be with you here today. I had a uh, fantastic military career but it was also a peacetime military career. It was prior to uh, 9-11 by about three years. And so I saw a lot of my brothers and sisters in arms go off to war for the last two decades. And I wanted to be able to help bring them back home and not just bring them their bodies home, but bring them all the way home physically, mentally, and spiritually in any way that I could. So that's why we're doing this podcast today. I also just wanted to mention that in doing this podcast, you know, I'm really trying to provide some situational awareness for our audience. I'm trying to make sure that you understand the way to get through the VA system. So, so you know, I've heard my veteran friends talk about the struggles that they've incurred in accessing VA benefits. What's going on? Can you comment on that, Jeff? Sure. You know, we just have a VA system that's very complex, and we're going to talk about that today, about how it needs to be complex in order to accommodate for all different types of injuries and all different types of veteran situations. So after 20 years of war, which ended in 2021, the VA is just dealing with a flood of claims. The so-called backlog at the VA is a constant issue. And those that are doing the ratings, making the decisions there, have been working mandatory overtime for over two years, just in the attempt to catch up. So just like you said, the timely delivery of benefits, it is a top priority for the VA secretary. I've heard him say that myself, but the, the VA system itself can be confusing and a little bit difficult to navigate. And it's not the veteran's fault, especially because some of our listeners are trying to navigate this system after maybe sustaining a traumatic brain injury or experiencing symptoms of PTSD or having some other injury that prevents them from being able to navigate the system easily. As a rating veteran service representative, a job that I did for about a year and a half, I saw how the problem in the claims process unfold. Claims would be submitted incorrectly or maybe without the needed information all the time. And like I said, it's not the veteran's fault. So basically, we're asking people who have traumatic brain injury and PTSD and challenges with just even focusing or sleeping to to work their way through this paperwork. Um, that's challenging. My hope is that I can help our listeners navigate this system and get through the claims process. In the SEALs, you know, I was frequently in charge of navigation. And if I had some boats that I had to navigate from one place to another, you know, would I have been expected to succeed without any navigational equipment or even a map? I mean, it's not fair to ask that of service members, and it's certainly not at fair to ask that of our veterans to get through this entire process without any kind of a guide or a map. Every day, 
that a veteran doesn't have their earned benefits is a day that our country is not fulfilling its obligation to support them re-entering society. So it's my goal to assist the VA in fulfilling their duties of education and by empowering you to move forward with your claim well-informed. Because the more accurate your claim is, the sooner the VA can deliver those earned benefits to you. The more accurate your claim is, the easier it is for the VA to process your claim, thus freeing up time so that they can help your fellow service members. So putting in a claim that is correct and accurate helps the VA reduce its backlog and help more veterans. They help your swim buddy because you did a good job with your claim. (laughs) Well, then tell us what steps a veteran can take to ensure that their claims are properly filled out and accurate before submitting them. Like what is the, what is one of the most important ways that they can do that? One of the things I think you can do to help navigate the claim process is to connect with a veteran service organization. And a veteran service organization is a nonprofit organization meaning they don't charge veterans for their services, but they do provide an excellent service as a guide, as expert advice, and also as a power of attorney during the entire claims process. So many of our listeners are going to choose to submit a claim by themselves on their own, but I advise that you always check at least with a veteran service officer to have them double check your work or look over your claim before you submit it to the VA. I no longer work for the VA directly, but I use the knowledge that I gained there every day in my work as a veteran service officer. Currently, I work for the UDT SEAL Association, and I use those navigational skills and also my skills as a teacher to help them as their director of outreach and education. Now, the UDT SEAL Association is a smaller organization that primarily serves Naval Special Warfare personnel, but there are many national level service organizations with veteran service officers that are prepared to help uh, veterans. There are even county veteran service officers in almost every county in the United States. And you can find that information in the show notes in our resources section. Tell me a little bit about the history. When did this start? How did this start? How has it changed over the years? Um, Can you give us a brief history, Jeff? Sure. The the history, I'll give you a very brief history. Um, But In order to talk about VA disability compensation, we first have to talk about the VA. And so um, the Veterans Administration was started by President Lincoln after he was viewing the carnage after the Civil War. And so he made a promise to care for the men who had borne the battle, his widow and his orphans. And that was the start of the VA. Now, obviously, this promise needs to be updated to include women and include all genders in the military. But that's what President Lincoln was determined to do, was he was determined to care for veterans in order to put the country back together. Um, And he realized that getting soldiers to reintegrate into society was important. And then after World War II, the Veterans Administration developed a legal framework to justly compensate veterans for injuries or illnesses that they had sustained during their active duty service. And that's still the system that we're using and slowly modifying and updating today. The system and the rules are quite vast, but the VA rating system must account for every possible injury or outcome of war. So it it is necessarily vast. So 
How has this promise manifested with regards to disability compensation in modern times? What does this look like now? Now, I think that this is one of the most important points that I need to make, especially at the beginning of our podcast. And I also think that it's something that most people don't understand, whether they're within the military or they're even within the Veterans Administration. So it's something that I share with every vet that I come in contact with, and it's a concept that I've shared all the way through um, the leadership channels at WARCOM and SOCOM, and it's, it's really critically important for everyone to understand. And the concept is this. VA compensation is designed to replace lost income based on the amount a disability affects the average person doing average work. This concept is direct from the edicts and the law that governs the VA, but it's not something that most people understand. And it's often misrepresented and veterans suffer by not receiving their earned benefits. So, like I said, a firm understanding of this concept can dispel so much uh, shame or self-blame that goes with reaching out to the VA for compensation for some of our listeners. But these are injuries and illnesses that are associated with your service and you should be compensated for them. And so it's based on... And this seems a little strange to me, but I guess you have to start somewhere and have some basis of measuring things. Um, it's the average person doing average work. I don't know about you, but I've never met an average Navy SEAL. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. <laughs> and I agree. The notion is really absurd. So what we're talking about, even though the VA's system is designed on the average person doing their average work, it's not saying that if someone is 100% disabled, that they are no longer capable and they're 0% capable. In fact, it's just saying that they are disabled in a way that if they were the average person, they would not be able to work. But our veterans are not average. So the VA has to calculate the amount that they're going to pay. And what they're going to help the veteran with is a monetary payment to them. The whole VA disability compensation system is based on lost income. So if a veteran has a disability and those symptoms from that disability or injury would cause the average person to miss work, then that's what we're calculating. We're saying, how would that disability or those symptoms affect an average person. And an average person is an average of every working person in the United States. And then when we say average work, and that's what they use to calculate the amounts, is they basically take an average of every type of job and all of the earning potential of every type of job and they average it. So they give you a percentage based on how those symptoms affect the average amount of work that uh, someone would do in the United States. How did I do? That was great. I understood all of it actually. And I and we've talked about this before, and I guess that I didn't quite understand it as much before. So that was a really good explanation. Do you want to go into the example of your SEAL community? Oh, yeah, sure. Like you said, I haven't met any SEAL that was average. So even if a service member, one of our listeners, gets a rating that's 100% from the VA, so they're receiving 100% disability compensation, which means that their symptoms are significant enough that if those were on the average person, the average person would not be able to work. But like you said, I don't consider any service members to be average. 
And so even if they have some injuries or some symptoms, I'd say like a SEAL still be able to do 900% of what the average person does. So is there some sort of stigma amongst members with regards to levels of uh, their rating of disability? Is this truly prohibitive to some members, actually, is my question. Yeah, I think I think that there are people out there that are uh, saying, like, I'm not going to make a claim because I'm not that hurt or I'm not as hurt as so and so got hurt or I didn't get killed like my buddy. So I don't have a right to make a claim. But that's not what the system is designed to do. It's inappropriate and incorrect to try to compare two veterans, even if they have similar ratings, because one veteran could have a 50% rating for one condition and another veteran could have a 50% rating based on several less significant conditions. And so there's a lot of bias that goes into that. And that might also prevent veterans from from making a claim saying, oh, well, so-and-so is hurt much worse than I am, so I'm not going to make a claim. But that's just not the case. The case is that the VA wants to compensate all veterans for their service-connected disabilities. So if you have a service-connected disability, and we're going to talk about exactly what that is, the VA wants to compensate you for it, and you should make a claim. Um, and it's not relative to anybody else's service. It's just for your service. Okay, thank you. Let's talk about the rating system. How does the rating system work? Sure. So ratings are very similar to awards. Specifically, they're similar to end of tour awards, which is an honor given to veterans for doing a good job for their entire tour at a particular unit or command. So the VA is doing the same thing. They're taking something that you did in your active duty service and they're connecting it to a current disability and they're writing you an award for that service. And so VA ratings link injuries and illness that occurred during active duty service to current chronic diagnoses. So with these end of tour awards, the VA is thanking you for your service and giving you an award for sacrificing some aspects of your health, of your body, for your country. So this award is given in a slightly different way than it was in the service. First of all, the VA uses some special forms called DBQs, Disability Benefits Questionnaires, to write and then grant the award. The VA also understands that any injuries or illnesses that you sustained um, in service to your nation might get worse over time. So they are also promising to be responsible for that condition for your entire life. So if the condition gets worse, then they may compensate you more for it over time. So we make a claim and that's, we're going to describe how, you know, during this podcast of how veterans make a claim and they claim conditions that occurred because of their active duty service. And then the VA makes a decision and then issues a rating decision, which explains how much disability compensation the veteran will receive. I think it's good to reiterate that uh, an individual's award or their rating is not relative to other people's service. It's calculated based on the VA's rating schedule, and that is based on their symptoms and their symptoms alone. So it's not really equatable to somebody else. And I think that's just important. I think I'd also like to add that we live in a society where we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. And you take people who are innately competitive anyway, who've experienced certain levels of trauma 
this may be a, like we've discussed earlier, like a little bit of a roadblock to receiving the benefits that you deserve. I just want to make this, this point clear. Often you cannot see what is going on with people. People can have all sorts of mental, emotional anxiety, post-traumatic stress, situations, not sleeping, autoimmune disorders, all sorts of things that are invisible to other people. So if you're compelled to compare yourself to other people, which I highly suggest that you don't, you need to take those things into consideration as well. Most of the things that we suffer with are actually invisible. That is absolutely such a fantastic point, Stacey, because you're absolutely right. And we don't want any of these unnecessary comparisons, especially because our listeners, most veterans are not doctors and they're not lawyers and they also don't work for the VA. They should just leave it in the hands of those professionals to make those decisions and not feel any guilt about receiving the assistance. Yeah, I I think the term disability or claiming disability can kind of conjure up emotions and mental images, but we're going to be making a clear distinction here between qualifying and collecting disability payments through Social Security versus receiving compensation for injuries or illnesses that occurred during active service. Do you want to add more? Did I miss anything here? No, I think you I think you stated it very well, but I would also just like to reiterate that VA disability compensation is not an entitlement program. It's not the same as Social Security disability. I have to ask you this question and we when you say that uh do you think that do you think that social security compensation for disability isn't enti- isn't those people are entitled? What do you mean by that? Ah, I'll tell you what I mean by that. That's probably a good question. The reason I describe it the VA disability compensation as an earned benefit versus an entitlement program is some people have biases against entitlement programs. And they have biases in accepting help if they think that it's from charity or if they think that it's from an entitlement program. So that's what I'm trying to dispel in both veterans' minds, but also in the public's mind, that VA compensation is not an entitlement program. It's not just that you're injured or ill and we're giving you money. It's that you were injured or you became ill during active duty service. And because of that, the government has a responsibility to care for you and to deliver these benefits, which you earned because of your active duty service to the nation. So this is also an aside, also perhaps just a bit of my own ignorance also may or may not make it into the podcast. But but are these are these programs really called entitlement programs? Does the government call them entitlement programs? Where does the term entitlement come from? I think that the term entitlement program is politically charged because Congress votes on different programs such as Medicare, Medicaid, welfare payments. And so those things people are entitled to simply if the law is passed so that they are. But in terms of disability compensation from the VA, the veteran earned that money because that's part of the benefits package that the military provides. And the reason is, is because when you join the military, 
and you're on active duty, they own every part of your body. They can tell you to go into war. They can put you in harm's way. And so if they do put you in harm's way and you are injured, then they need to compensate you for that. That's what the VA system is designed to do. It's designed so that it can take into account any possible injury or illness that might result from anything as catastrophic as war. Well said. So in my intro, I mentioned some other compensation benefits uh, for service-connected disabilities. I know that we're going to talk about them a little more in depth in future episodes, but can you touch on those briefly? Sure. I think that it's important to recognize that having a disability rating with the VA is really designed to give you the opportunity to get back on solid footing in your life after the military. And so it's decidedly not meant to keep you unwell or diminish your sense of self. That's very important. And it's something that we haven't mentioned before, but when a veteran receives a disability rating, they're still allowed to work. We're not trying to keep them ill. We're not trying to keep them disabled. The VA system does not care if you are able to overcome your disability and do work. And in fact, if you qualify at different levels, they will even retrain you if you're not able to do the work that you used to do. This is really about supporting our veterans. It's about uh, supporting the veterans' families. All of that is part of Lincoln's promise. And so that's what the VA system is designed to do. When the VA gets you a rating, and that could be because of one condition, or it could be because of multiple conditions, the amount of rating that you have will qualify you for additional programs. And some of those, just as examples, are VA healthcare benefits, which you're able to get at about 20% disability compensation rating. Other opportunities include veteran readiness and education, which used to be called Voc Rehab. There's also the GI Bill, which is obviously educational benefits. There's also Chapter 35 education benefits for the dependents at higher levels of disability. There is also forgiveness of student loans, and your spouse may even inherit some of your disability upon your death, so it even acts as life insurance for the family. One other program that I would like to mention, and this is a little bit different, but it's also the VA pension program, which is slightly different than VA disability compensation, but it's to help our severely disabled veterans of wartime eras. And so we have a whole separate program to provide them a pension. All of these programs are designed to help the veteran move forward with their lives after the service, especially after experiencing something as horrific as war. All right, Jeff, thanks for all of that great information. As a quick recap, in today's episode, we dove into why it is challenging to get through the VA system and receive disability benefits. Jeff explained to us why it's important to use a veteran service officer and how to find one. We went through a brief history of how Lincoln contributed and how the Veterans Administration has changed over the years and how we're serving members in modern days. We also covered the difference between VA disability compensation and social security disability payments. I think you'll find also that we explored how the rating scale works. And lastly, we touched on other compensation benefits for service-connected disabilities that also benefit families and spouses. Thanks for listening. You definitely wanted to tune into episode two where we review how to fill out the, what form is it, Jeff? 
It's the 21-526-EZ form. Be sure and tune in for that. And once again, thanks for coming on, Jeff. And uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. I appreciate it, Stacey. Thank you for being here. I want to give a special thanks to the UDT SEAL Association for their generous support of this project. If you found this information helpful and would like to support the project, please consider making a donation to the UDT SEAL Association at udtseal.org forward slash donate. You can also find that link in the show notes. Lastly, please follow the podcast and share it with other veterans to help them in their journey through the VA.